We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Get, get, get. What's up, people? Hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to the Esports Rewind Podcast. Hello, audio listeners, and hello, YouTube listeners. What is up, Zane? Hello, hello, Jakey boy. For those audio listeners joining us this week, my name is Zan, and I'm here <laughs> with my partner, Jake, who is slowly losing his mind each week. Check back in for the continual descent into madness. <laughs> the degradation. Yeah. Uh, big hey, yo, oh. yo, hey, yo. <laughs> Did you whip out a dictionary at the table? Yeah, I didn't. I've, I missed that. I've been working on this ever since our last <laughs> podcast. Same time, same day, every single week. We really do hope you guys are all staying safe and doing well. Uh, one of the few social interactions we get is this podcast. So yep. you ready to hit this thing? Yeah, absolutely. Right before we get into it, though, sorry to interrupt the flow. Just want to remind everybody, if you'd like to check the podcast out on your phone, on Spotify, iTunes, you can find us on part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. So, yeah, I think we're ready to hit it then. Let's roll. All right, Xanifer, I expect um, maybe some backlash on this topic, but I love bringing mm. some, you know, some some spicy topics. That's a fun to way table. to start things off. Yeah, like, yeah people are going to hate what we have to say about okay. this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great discussion point, especially the people that give it the time to really think about this. And mm. it's actually around the phase dub situation and what I'm going to call a maybe almost dare I say, a, a hard trust or a hard time trusting an organization like FaZe Clan when it comes to a few issues out there. And I'm going to give you guys my two cents, my backing to this. And as per usual, leave a comment, leave your thoughts down below on maybe why I'm wrong, why I'm right. You don't have to agree with us at all. And, and maybe Zan won't. I, I love bringing up some spicier topics with you because you're kind of uh, a different side of things. You're a different mm. aspect as well. Let me give you my two cents, though. When it came time for the dubs ban, I know you probably saw stories about this. If you guys have not, dubs was actually officially banned by Epic Games from Fortnite following uh, potential teaming accusations for 30 days. He took to stream a few days later uh, with Seabass, also from FaZe Clan, to explain their side of things. 
and did a great job. And in fact, we're actually now questioning why Epic Games did ban him because, you know, they don't really establish their criteria publicly as to why they ban these people. But then I also wanted to state, because leading up to all of this, we had no idea his side of things until he explained it. And I stressed my concern of whether or not he actually had teamed or cheated or broken the rules. And me and you have talked along about a lot of phase controversies, right? Yeah, absolutely. They are the org of controversy. We we have called them the controversy kings. And that, that comes with both good and bad things. And so I really wanted to stress my concern and why, where I come from, where during these accusations, why I did not fully trust Dubs or FaZe Clan. And again, obviously, I've apologized ever since. I, I've stressed how unsure I was. And now I do think he is, for the most part, innocent in this case. But you look towards just like the Fortnite division alone. You look towards people like Sway, Nate Hill, Funk Bomb, Dubs, Jarvis. Uh, Mong Mongrel, Jarvis, their coach, Destiny's Jesus. Every name I just named off, I believe seven names alone on their Fortnite roster has either cheated, broken the rules, teamed, or had accusations of doing so. And just that alone to me is enough evidence, or I don't know, substantial backing as to why any future accusations, I'm going to find it hard to trust a player who plays for FaZe Clan or FaZe Clan when they try and clear a name of a player. And that's just the start of it. Of course, there's a lot of other things. You can mention all the lawsuits they've had and potential future lawsuits as well as to why I think that's good enough backing in some cases to not trust FaZe Clan. What would you say if I, if I said that to you? I'd 100% agree. And I don't know if I'd say FaZe Clan overall because in my mind, as soon as you start talking about this, I think of like somebody like maybe like FaZe Nico, right? And I can't imagine him doing anything like sus at all. CSGO player. Yeah, face CSGO, fine. yeah. And like I think it is kind of in a weird way the Fortnite team and the content team are so closely intertwined that some of that like, you know, a little bit more of the sketchy, more controversial stuff comes to light with the Fortnite squad than it does with any of the rest of FaZe, which obviously they're the ones in front of the cameras most, so they're going to be known as... Like, I don't know if you'd call them, like, the core of FaZe, per se, but they are the ones, like, front and center all the time. Very public persona, right? Their yeah. Fortnite guys are definitely, I would say, more known mm -hmm. uh, for being public figures than their CSGO guys. Their CSGO guys obviously achieve a lot competitively. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I, I would agree. Publicly, persona-wise, FaZe Fortnite is very well known. Yeah, if I was at FaZe, I mean, you've got to weigh the pros and cons here because there's always the other side of things where very clearly Epic is doing a poor job of defining the rules around everything involving Fortnite yes, and yes. competitive and like just across the board. And so you almost can't blame FaZe because they've been given all of this gray area to work within and they're just pushing their limits. And if let's say, for example, one guy pushes their limits a little too far and they, let's say they earn 50K in the process and oh, well, I'm banned for 30 days. Is 30 days worth the 50K and finding out whether or not, hey, they never know. Maybe Epic won't even care and won't punish them. Yeah. And I think I, it's like almost a worthwhile risk for them to take. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then you kind of look towards like even Jarvis with his lifetime ban. Obviously, that was probably not worth it for him, but he mm -hmm. made, I think, probably made a substantial amount of money. So, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of motivations, a lot of angles for this. I'm not fully blaming FaZe Clan here. Just simply pointing out when it comes to FaZe Clan and their Fortnite roster, and yeah, a lot of them were accusations, but some of them were actually found to be cheating and teaming and, and paid the price for that. It's just you compare this Fortnite team to any other Fortnite team, there's, Absolutely. It, there is no comparison when it comes time for accusations. And so that's where I come from. And I hope the people out there, we have a lot of a younger audience that just fully backs FaZe no matter what. I hope they can understand where I'm coming from, where if I have a little bit of a trust issue with FaZe Clan and especially Fortnite in general, 
that's that's why. So I wanted to share that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it, it's also fair to say if we're addressing this, we both want to make it very clear. We like FaZe Clan. We do. <laughs> FaZe Clan is dope. So, you know, they're just, you know, they're like the cousin that you really like who's really cool, but on occasion he smokes a cigarette or something when or he shouldn't he's, be. He's, he's like really reckless. You're yeah, like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, Tony, whoa. He's but, like all of a sudden going towards the bridge like, oh, I'm going to jump off. It's going to be dope. And you're like, yeah. Ah, I'm yeah. I'm, it like, yes, yeah. yes. We like FaZe. Uh -huh. They're a large part of our channel as well. <laughs> um, but certainly they do great and maybe not so great things. Just wanted yeah. to touch on two sides. All right, Jake, speaking of controversy, we, we just have to touch on one of the biggest pieces of gaming controversy that's going to be discussed in the next week, probably in the next month or two, which is the Xbox Series X gameplay reveal that was showcased as of time of recording this podcast just a few hours ago. Uh, it was fascinating, to say the least, because <laughs> while it was pitched as the first time we will see gameplay of this next-generation console, the majority was just third-party games that looked very lackluster. The graphics were like, okay, they're fine. They look like current-gen, to be honest. And there was no sign of the major exclusives or the things that people really go to Xbox for. There's no Halo. Assassin's Creed footage was reused. And... Across the board, everybody is furious about this. It has been a while since I've seen this type of backlash for any single like piece of like an hour, hours worth of footage. Mm -hmm. People are up in arms across the board. And just to give you an example, Jake, because I don't know if you catch, caught the, uh, the presentation itself, uh, Jeff Keighley, who is essentially like the media guru for the gaming industry, mm -hmm. he runs the Game Awards every year, he's doing the Summer Game Jam Fest, he put out a poll that uh, just wanted to ask people how they felt about the uh, presentation. He asked them to grade it from a scale of A to D. Like, you know, standard school grade, type B, you know. And Didn't include F because of Twitter polls. No, yeah, yeah. You only, only do four. Only you do four. Don't yeah. sometimes. It was like, it was like D and below. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And um, unfortunately, a good 43.8% at the time of recording this podcast said it was a D or below, with only 9% saying it was an A. So, you know, not a great look. Mm -hmm. Now, you might be wondering how this ties into esports. And I think one of the best things about esports is how we have so many different sources of games and products coming to us. Like, no one company dominates the scene. Like, we got Riot with Lee, we got Epic with Fortnite, we've got Valve with CSGO. Yeah, obviously. Like, you know, it's always, it's all spread around, and everybody kind of has to compete with each other to be the best game they can be. Yep. I think we've seen improvements in CSGO even since Valorant got announced. Yep. Kind of in reaction to that, or right? Yeah, they're trying. Yeah, yeah, they're making baby steps, baby yeah. steps. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it is really unfortunate that Xbox is kind of faltering like this, because, I mean, it can't, it, can have the side effect of making PlayStation a little bit more complacent because at current, it's kind of PC and PlayStation that have, do have dominance over the esports market. I would agree. Nobody goes to Xbox. If you play in Call of Duty competitively, you're on PlayStation. If you're playing fighting games competitively, you're on PlayStation. Everything else, basically, you're on PC. And it's interesting that it looks like this might be yet another generation where Xbox is stuck in the corner saying like, hey guys, we've still got Halo, please come check us out. <laughs> Maybe watch Gears for like a month before the scene dies. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to get your thoughts, Jake. Are you at all excited about the next generation of consoles with the way things are panning out so far? You know, I'll be open and honest. We, we've talked about this mm -hmm. new Xbox in the past a little bit. And when it comes to, like you said, the domination right now is certainly on, I would say, two platforms. Yep. Uh, one console and then of course PC in general. Uh, PS4 and PC certainly have 
a fair handhold on the market. So for, for me, from the esports and gaming perspective, I was excited to see this because it had potential to maybe maybe make a dent into that controller market, it, but it doesn't seem like that's the case at right now. Right now. It's overall, still early. It's yeah, still early. Overall, it seems almost like it was rushed for this kind of period of time, given what we know so far and the reviews so far. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just curious where you go from here. I think you make a great point about complacency. It's great to see where esports and gaming is right now in terms of we really, really, when it comes down to individual esports pushing each other or competitive esports, you know, both whether they're all in the same genre or different genres, all kind of trying to lift each other up. And people are doing things like even Warzone and Fortnite's a great comparison or Valorant and CSGO. These games do things be correlate correlate correlated to what other things are doing in the same industry so it's very cool to see even with streaming platforms you know twitch mixer facebook youtube they're all doing things because the others are progressing forward as well and so i was hoping to see a bit more of that here mm. and i still hope that xbox can have a bit of a bounce back and, and make up for this i just don't know where they go from here yeah it is unfortunate i do think the lack of halo halo anything is kind of like kind of shocking i mean that was like that's the game that is the xbox game it used it, yeah yeah it was uh-huh and you know still not having like a, a good idea of how that's panning out really doesn't bode well for that scene um i do want to tell you about one thing i am excited for in the next generation uh which unfortunately is something likely to be exclusive to the playstation 5 if anywhere uh, that is gyroscopic aiming. Have you heard of this? I've never heard of gyro what what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so gyroscopic aiming is like, say you have a PS4 controller, right? And the problem with shooters on console has always been the lack of precision in comparison to a mouse, of course, mm -hmm. right? Um, Sony consoles have a gyroscope inside them, so it can detect like actual movements you're making physically with your hands while you're holding the controller. Oh, jeez. So if you're playing a game and you move your hands to the right, your character can move to the right. Most, most games don't use it but the technology is there on PlayStation consoles, right? Yeah. And in the past uh, couple of years, this really interesting type of aiming mechanics has come into play called gyroscopic aiming, where it allows you to get very, very close to mouse accuracy with a controller by using your analog stick that would normally just be for aiming. You use that in combination with the gyroscope. So say you, on your analog stick, you move right, but you only move right, not up and down, nothing precision and you do all the precision moves by physically moving your controller in relation to the screen. Ah, oh, what the? Yeah, it's weird to think about. It's yeah. wild. But I, I'm, I'm very excited to see how, how that gets used in the next generation of games and stuff. Yeah, I'm literally trying to picture it. Yeah, I just, I just can't wait to see Scump, like, hidden, hidden 360s by, like, doing, like, an actual yeah, 360 yeah. spin or something. Maybe like, that's definitely like, a future talking point about yeah, it because yeah. we always, we all obviously have the controversy and the debate going on between mm -hmm. mouse, and, uh, mouse and keyboard and, you know, controller aim assist. So maybe that's a fix, maybe, for no, the future. Yeah. It's just, like, it's an in-between ground. It's, it's mouse interesting. and keyboard versus gy gyroscopic game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to be a tongue twister. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting if and when it comes to pass. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, Sony and PlayStation, you know, Complacent or not, still making great moves and still having a firm handhold. Xbox, hopefully they can bounce back from this one. And uh, yeah, the console and PC race and esports and gaming continues. We'll see what the future is with things like gyroscopic game.
And before we jump into our next topic, everybody, let me take a quick second to shout out this week's sponsor. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to esports to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online use promo code blue wire to join the day and receive your new welcome bonus bet online your online wagering solution guys looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds get to bluechew.com bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level they've got the same active ingredients that are in viagra and cialis so you know they work and since they're chewable they work faster you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping, again, B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, Promo code BLUEWIRE. And now let's get back to that podcast. All right, Zan, we've talked a lot about begging for things mm. when it comes to the gaming esports scene. This past week, we had Summit 1G. Many other Twitch streamers react to Amanda Cerny begging for Twitch subscriptions. If you guys don't know, Amanda Cerny is very well known. I think it's a fair statement mm-hmm. to say she's also very well off. And it kind of rubbed people the wrong way to see someone who has 26 million Instagram followers, 8 million TikTok followers, almost a million followers on Twitter, almost 3 million on YouTube. I could go on and on. It's tough for people to kind of take the stance with her when she begs for Twitch subscriptions. I want your thoughts on that. Uh, but along with that, I want to ask a question to everyone out there and to you. Is, is there ever going to be a circumstance when it comes time for someone begging for subscriptions that you will be okay with it? Okay with it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think subscriptions are something that, like, you know, like say, say somebody like they really need the money, right? Mm-hmm. I think there are better avenues for that than begging for Twitch subscriptions of all things, right? Like at this point in oh, time, oh, you're gonna be Mister Le- Logical about all of this. <laughs> I mean, we've got GoFundMe and stuff at this point. You, you've got other options. If people like your platform, they like your content. Heck, open a Patreon. You know, give yeah. them like some. There's a lot of avenues. Yeah, there's like other options here, and I do think like someone, someone like Amanda Cerny taking this kind of position is just like really odd. In particular, it's like a, it's very weird that she would choose to do this. And it almost makes me think of like in the past couple months, we've seen different instances of this from much smaller uh, yes, personalities. That's the problem. Yeah. And, and it's like we've they've all seen backlash for it. But at the same time, they've all had these other people defending them saying like, oh, it's just a joke. It's just like uh, it's just their thing. Their thing is being rude. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, I mean, like Amanda, yeah. post on your Instagram story, on mm-hmm. your Twitter feed, on your YouTube poll section, or even your YouTube story, just say, hit up my Twitch page and subscribe. Yeah. You don't got to make a dedicated little clip that's going to uh-huh. be pulled by mm-hmm. a lot of people and say, please, like, please sub to me. Like, you have so many avenues to, to drive your own viewers and your large audience to Twitch. Yeah. And so that's why I, it rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, it would have been like I think it would have been great if she does something like something like a like a creator like Jordan Fisher does, 
where he does like really brief like promos for his Twitch page. Yeah. That are like, oh hey, I'm doing this type of unique stuff over here on Twitch. Come over and subscribe. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Before Jordan goes live, he literally will do like a cool inventive, like Yeah, yeah. Like super often like a too. dance or a sing along, a short mm -hmm. clip, mm -hmm. and it'll be posted on his Twitter or wherever else. Yeah. And then you're like, whoa, this guy is cool and mm -hmm. gifted. I want to go watch. Yes. Yeah. Like just that little bit of effort. Uh huh. Uh, I will it makes a world of difference. It, it really does. <laughs> I would say my one case, and again, you could argue against this, I guess. Like you said, though, the one case where I'm okay with it is if someone is clearly grinding and putting out the content and they're forced into a position where, like, guys, I have no other means to stream unless you try and support me. Like what, by ever, whatever means you guys can, like what can I do for you? That's mm. like the one case where I'd be like, okay. When it comes to Amanda though, like obviously she can afford to be there and have the time to build her audience. Right, yeah. And so it kind of just, yeah. Think what you want, guys. I'm sure we'll talk about this with someone else sometime mm. soon. All right, Jake, it's time for another episode of Tencent Talk. <laughs> As they're in the news once again. Yes, let's go, with baby. With their industry dominating game honor of kings for those of you who don't remember this is the game that uh tencent went to uh riot games the developer of league and we're like hey make a mobile league riot was like ah oh, we're chilling and then tencent was like yeah we'll just do it ourselves then and then they did it and now their game is like top of the charts across the world i'm so sorry this is the the league of legends ripoff for yeah. mobile correct yeah okay by the company that owns League of Legends. So, I mean, yeah, is it so, even a ripoff at that it's point? So it's so like, weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any other company. They'll just go to a company they own, ask them to do something. The company's like, nah. And they're just like, oh, okay, for sure. Yeah, That's I don't fine. Know. We'll just do it ourselves then. That's okay. Riot's probably pre oh, maybe Riot's preoccupied with League of Legends and Valorant. Maybe. Give well, them yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Well, dude, this was like years back. This when they were just they were just, they yeah. were just doing League. Either way. Yeah, yeah but anyway. So, uh, Tencent is doing something really interesting with uh, Honor of Kings by training their AI with the public. Uh, for years, bots have been a problem just because they're kind of useless to actually practice against. Because a bot is never going to measure up to an actual human opponent. And how are you going to learn how to play like a character if you're just like, you know, a bot's running into a bush or something? Obviously, nobody would just do that randomly, right? Yeah. And um, Tencent, what they're doing is they're training their AI called Wukong over this very long period of time. And apparently, it's gotten to a point where it's beating like 99% of top amateur players consistently. And even dominating like pro players at, uh, at events last year in Malaysia. And it is fascinating to see Tencent taking these proactive steps to just improve this aspect of the game that I think could actually help toxicity a little bit. Like if people don't have to go into a live game and practice a character they don't know how to play, yeah, that would probably help people just not be like as mad. Like, oh, you don't know how to play this character the exact way it's supposed to be played according to the meta. You know, this stems back many, many years. Uh, to when I first started covering like AI integrations into these mm. esports technology, I don't pretend to know about this stuff, <laughs> but I remember way back in the day when I first started making YouTube videos, being approached by people who were trying to develop these AI tools for CS:GO. I think lately we've actually seen Fortnite and their bots mm. with their henchmen. If you guys know Fortnite, they've really massively improved to the point where they are. Oh yeah, it's a huge st step up. Yeah. yeah. And so now with this, we also have Valve working with Dota. Uh, uh, yeah, Dota OpenAI. AI. Yeah. And and now this, I, I think it really will have a place and a future placeholder for people who don't want to go to online play and simply can play technically offline and really progress in a game by playing artificial intelligence. It's going to be a cool, I'm, yeah, I'm excited definitely. for it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the future where people can just like practice by themselves and just yeah. chill, you know? Or get a couple homies together in yeah. a lobby and all of a sudden you're facing off against bots. Like that. that's a fun thing uh -huh. to think about. Uh -huh. uh, plenty of games, whether it's a, you know, a four-man game, a five-man game, people play tens where it's like 5v5. All of a sudden you and the homies are like, yo, let's get on tonight, play some bots. 
No, yeah, just be and chilling. And slowly progress against different level of bots. Not even have to worry about, like, playing against other people and yeah, just have it be, like, a relaxing night with the boys. Yeah, as long as yeah. crack some, if you're of legal age, crack some brews. Yeah, yeah. Especially during this quarantine time, you're uh -huh. all at home, safe and sound, apart mm -hmm. from each other, and you don't have to worry about everyone. As long as you guys can connect to the game, you don't got to worry about the enemy team cheating or, or uh, not connecting or, you know, you yep. always have a team there. Yeah. I think it's a great future, and I am super curious, especially when you involve companies like Tencent, uh -huh. where it will go. Yeah, definitely. I think this is the future of esports, and I'm excited to see it. We might be a bit away, but we're <laughs> slowly baby steps. Get in there. Get baby in there. Steps. <laughs> All right, Zan. Uh, our other reporter here on the channel, Nicholas, talked about this mm. one earlier this week. He <clears throat> called it nails in the coffin. He then went on to state 12. 13, he lost count of how many nails in the coffin this was. Can't anybody actually count how many nails there are? It would take a lot longer <laughs> yeah. to break this down if we wanted to break down every issue that Overwatch League has had. Mm -hmm. Just this week alone, Zan, we talked about Nade Shot and Courage cracking jokes at Hector Rodriguez about the Overwatch League investment. The last week before that, we saw Sinatra, MVP, former champion for the San Francisco Shock, retire from Overwatch competitively to join Valorant before the game is released. Before all that, we saw a handful of pro players, both from contenders and the main league, leave during, um, you know, because of Rises of Valorant and the strenuous travel schedule, the in-game updates. We can go on and on. And then, most recently, mm. Zan, we saw the Vancouver Titans have some issues in the Overwatch uh, realm, not the Overwatch League. Issues is realm. one way to put it. Yeah. Uh, issues is like, that's a little light, my friend. It's very light. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd say Vancouver Titans imploded a little bit. They fell in on themselves and just like, I, I, I'm surprised they didn't just close down, to be honest. if I, I almost want to say it's a shame this happened with an unknown, kind of a, a more... Mm -hmm. Just not. A, it's a more discreet name and organization. If right, this happened right. with a Cloud Nine or a Liquid or a Phase, this mm. would be a talking point for weeks to come. And it, it I think a lot of people out there who are very well known to actually dive into this stuff know this is esports history. This kind of breakdown Absolutely. Of, of an entire team is unheard of and hopefully will not happen anytime soon. But uh, do you have any details that you want to talk about in particular? Yeah, I do think it's fascinating that this is a team that, like like you said, they're relatively uh, unknown in terms of like the broader esports sphere, but this is like a top-tier team. They were second place at Grand Finals for the Overwatch League last year, and they've had this rivalry going with uh, the San, Fran San Fran's shock for the longest time that's now like evaporated into nothingness. And I don't think this is like this is like a such a negative look for Overwatch League, even though it's already been struggling, like really, really desperately trying to maintain interest from fans and players alike. I don't know where you really go from here. How do you lose? Like I think about this almost like what would happen if like if the Huntsmen just all of a sudden were like, ah, oh, we it's not working out, guys. The Call of Duty League would be like, that'd be devastating. Yeah, and, and we can talk about how the team mm. to be replaced, but the issue being that there are so many pro players displeased with the current state of Overwatch mm. to have an entire team just evaporate like this. That's why it's so unheard of. Obviously, yeah. this situation has been ongoing for quite some time, but now with the final wrap-up, it, it, I don't know. It's just it's It's really hard to see where Overwatch goes from here. And I know we have Overwatch viewers and fans that watch. Guys, trust me, we know. Overwatch had high potential. And we have the... Oh, yeah, it always has. And Overwatch yeah. 2 is set to come sometime soon. But if you wrap up all of the entire picture of people leaving this scene and the struggles they have had, it has to be a concern. And this is just kind of like the cherry on top. 
Yeah, I imagine the reason we haven't heard a lot about Overwatch 2 is that Blizzard is looking at all of this and saying, we really need more in Overwatch 2 to not just bring like the esports scene back, but to bring that like amazing player base they had in the early days of Overwatch back. Because I mean, I, I'm sure you remember early Overwatch, everybody was playing it. It was. That was like that was like the thing thing you do on the weekends. Very you know? hyped up. It yeah. was very hyped. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, and now I don't I don't know anybody who still plays it. Oh, we we know one guy. We know. <laughs> don't don't do him like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's really hard to even wrap up this segment because last week we talked about what is one thing that can save Mixer. Maybe a future talking point is what is one thing? What are I don't think it's one thing that can save Overwatch right now. I think it has to be multiple things. Mm -hmm. And we'll see how they respond to all of this. Um, it's just a crazy situation. And, and we'll see what the future of OWL is. People are making their jokes. People are still leaving. And with the rise of Valorant, we could actually potentially be seeing the death of a different eSport. Yeah, I think Overwatch 2 is our last hope at this point. Yeah. We're just going to have to wait. And we'll see what comes with it. All right, folks. Yuck, yuck. Hope you all enjoy the Esports Rewind podcast. Audio listeners, thank you for staying tuned. YouTube listeners, hope you guys enjoyed as well. Xanifer, you want to hit him with that hot outro? <laughs> you sounded like you were struggling there towards I the know, end. Dude. You know, oh, I was like, man. yo, take a sip, my guy. Get some water in you. Oh, oh, Cleanse your. No, not, not, not the dangerous <laughs> stuff. Get some water. Cleanse your system. Dude, before you get into the outro, yeah. I saw some. Oh, man. I, there's no chance this person is watching, but I saw. I read a comment this week that some dude was like, Jake, please take a break and also stop <laughs> drinking caffeine. I have a friend who got massively obese. <laughs> because he was drinking too much caffeine and i don't know it was a weird comment thank yeah. you for your concern i appreciate that we appreciate the concern don't think you have to worry about that with jake homie works out too much a little bit too much <laughs> um but anyway <laughs> you know thank you all for listening as per usual if you'd like to find the podcast on itunes spotify on the go on your favorite pla podcast platform of choice you can find us as part of the prediction esports talk show network just type in p-r-e-e D I C T I O N. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I got going. it. I got it. Yeah, going, yeah, yeah. Going. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, you can find us there along with a bunch of other amazing esports podcasts. We got stuff from Call of Duty, Smash Bros., everything you could want. And even Dota, too. Let's be real. We got you covered. So check us out there. Audio listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like some daily esports news content from one of the best in the biz, you can check out our daily esports news on YouTube at Esports Talk. Please, everyone, continue reaching out on Twitter and Instagram. We really appreciate it. We do read literally everything we get in. We're going I'm today. Actually, I have a meeting right after this. But after that, I'm going back through. I'm, I'm going to try to respond to everything we've gotten. Even if I can't give anything detailed, I'm going to try to go through. Might take me a second, but, you know, we'll do it. Zan, come on. Yeah. We anyway, got to go. Yeah. Gotta, okay. You can find us on Twitter at talk underscore esports, Instagram, esports underscore talk. Uh, you know, check out the website, esportstalk.com. That's a new one. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> slide through. Uh, thank you all for watching. Jake, you have anything you want to leave them with? No, nothing. I hope you guys take care of yourselves. Be safe. Be healthy. All right. We'll see you guys. Back. Wash your hands. Wash. <laughs> we'll see you guys back here next week. Ta-ta.